Welcome back to the Magnetic Goddess podcast. I'm your host, Amy Lee Westervelt, and I am so excited for today's guest. She's actually a personal friend and a mentor of mine. Leah Brathwaite is an author, soul advisor, kundalini instructor, and human design guide, which like, if it wasn't enough, she also yeah. does human design, right? She's the founder of Live Free Lifestyle Incorporated, a personal and spiritual development and lifestyle brand that helps high achievers connect with and live into their full potential and purpose. After emancipating from nearly three decades of oppressive religious indoctrination, navigating disability, depression, and divorce, and starting her life from scratch at 30, Leah has learned valuable tools, lessons, and practices to heal, get unstuck, and create a life of freedom, fulfillment, and joy. And let me tell you, I can attest to that firsthand because as one of her students, I think that she is, you know, to, to date myself, the bee's knees. Um, she's amazing. And I'm so freaking excited to share her with you guys. You're listening to The Magnetic Goddess, a podcast for women who are ready to step into their power and live their best lives. I'm your host, Amy Lee Westervelt, and I'm here to guide and inspire you to take the journey back to your higher self. We'll talk about everything from personal development to career growth to relationships. We'll share tips, tools, and strategies that will help you become the most confident, successful, and magnetic version of yourself. We'll also talk to inspiring women who have already achieved their dreams and are living their best lives. We'll learn from their stories and discover what it takes to create a life that is truly fulfilling. I believe that every woman has the potential to be a magnetic goddess. She has the power to attract anything she wants in life, and she can create her birthright of abundance. I'm here to help you tap into that inner goddess and live your best life. I'm so excited to have you on this journey with me. Let's start living our best lives together as magnetic goddesses. Welcome, Leah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Oh my gosh. I am so excited to chat with you. And if you guys are listening, then you can't see how epically gorgeous this human being is. But let me tell you, like, you want to talk about radiating beauty from the inside out. This woman has it. Like you just spend time with her and you're like, how do I get into your world? How do I, how do I do more with you? So um, if you're not getting the opportunity to look at her beautiful face, make sure you check her out on Instagram. We'll talk about all her links later um, because she has a beautiful presence on there. And I really want to make sure that you get into the visual energy of her as well as the audio energy. So welcome again, Leah. Thank you so much for being here. I so just love much. you so much. Thank you for your kind words. My goodness. Oh, my goodness. oh I love <laughs> you so much. So many questions I could ask you. Um, but I think the first one I want to dig into is you mentioned, or we mentioned in the intro about decades of repressive religious indoctrination. Now, when I think of, and, and the way that I know you as, uh, is as a Kundalini yoga instructor, of course you do a million other things, but when I think of religious oppression, I don't necessarily feel like that would include Kundalini meditation. Like I feel like maybe that wouldn't be okay in that sphere. So I've got to know, how do you go from this, like, nothing goes to becoming so enlightened and really opening yourself up to this new level of awareness and um, perspective? Well, let me tell you, it was a journey. It wasn't uh, an overnight sort of flick of a switch. It was really um, 
a challenging dark night of the soul or a soul awakening, however you want to call it. It was, um, I think, something that a lot of us have the opportunity to go through, but not everybody will choose the opportunity to go through it because coming into alignment with your truest self, coming into alignment with um, the power of your soul or the the divine power that you have within is often challenging because we're so conditioned. Doesn't You don't necessarily have to be indoctrinated in a religious culture, like just being a human, like in a family system, being a human in whatever country you're in, you're automatically being programmed with ideas of who you're meant to be or who, you're, who you should be, who people expect you to be, how you're expected to show up. And so we all have a sort of emancipation process that we need to go through to be able to live in that sense of freedom, fulfillment as our true authentic selves. But for me, it was a number of events that led me to a point of literally just not having any other choice but to listen. Um, so I had grown up raised as a Jehovah's Witness. And if you do or don't know anything about the religion, it's very exclusive. It's very... Um, dogmatic in its belief structure and it's very much a closed system so while you might know jehovah's witnesses as going out and knocking on doors and trying to get more people into the the religion or into the practice um the community itself is quite closed and questioning of authority or coming up with your own ideas or even excessive um interaction with people who are not part of the the church or the religion is frowned upon because there's a fear of influence coming in there's a fear of we can't control everybody else but we can control what's in here so we're going to stay in here and if you want to go and play outside you can but you're not allowed to talk to anybody else so disfellowshipping is something that happens when you break one of the laws that are appointed by God, apparently. And then you're kind of kicked out of the experience. Your family can't talk to you. You don't have contact with anybody in the community. And the damaging thing with that is that you're raised to only be in this community. You're not meant to have friends outside of the community. So if you have any inclination of leaving, you have to leave everything behind. So that was always a fear that I had, even though there was a lot that didn't sit well with me in what I was being taught, in what um, I was learning, even in what I was sharing with others. I didn't feel like I had a choice beyond that. It felt too scary to leave what I had known my whole life. And so I spent longer in that environment than I knew was good for me. And I started to develop all kinds of things that were little signals that I was living out of alignment with my truth. And it starts with like little whispers. It starts with some anxiety. It starts with some jealousy. It starts with some insecurity. It starts with those little things that we think, oh, well, everybody's a little bit jealous or, oh, well, everybody's a little bit anxious or, well, well, everybody has this and this and that. And those are indications of a misalignment with self and environment. It's, it's an inadequacy that you're feeling internally and when you start to wonder, like, where is that coming from and wanting to heal it, then it calls you into that deeper relationship with yourself. So it took me quite a while to kind of work my courage up to be able to leave that environment. But all along the way, things were kind of piling up on top of each other. Every time I discounted my intuition, every time I said, no, I can't because I'm scared or no, that doesn't feel like something convenient. 
I made a choice and built more of my life out of alignment with my truth. And then it became this like mounting experience of feeling incredibly stuck in my life, even though I had everything I thought I was supposed to want. I had the husband, I had the job, I had the cars, I had the houses, I had all of these beautiful things. Why was I not happy? Why was I feeling so empty inside? (laughs) Yeah. And I think a lot of us get stuck in this looking outside for our indicators of what our lives should be instead of referencing from an internal space. So I had gone through getting the job, getting the house, getting the husband, feeling just more and more anxious, more and more disconnected, more and more stuck. And so thinking that I needed more and more things. And in that pursuit of the awakening process started to happen. In my job, I developed a disability, like a debilitating nerve condition that ended my career as a dental hygienist. I was, I almost lost function of my hand. I just was not able to, to use my, my hands and and have sensation in my fingers. And And it was like, maybe you're not getting it. Totally. They're like, wow, she's very stubborn. Must be that three, five, like in her, she's really got to do it the hard way to figure it out. So I was in a career for about five years that I knew wasn't my deepest soul's desire, but it was real practical. It made so much sense on paper. And over time, it was like the universe was like, okay, she's not getting the message. It's time for the two by four. Boom. Like it seemed to appear out of nowhere. My neurologist, my physiatrist, all of the doctors were like, well, this is weird. And it's weird that it's not getting better. On and on and on it went until I wasn't able to work. And I was, I was subsequently on disability for about eight years, I wasn't able to work. I was in chronic pain and really suffering. But that moment of losing the identity that I had, that I got from my career started to shift things for me. And I was like, okay, I know, obviously I'm still here and I'm still alive and I'm still a person, even though I'm not a dental hygienist. But if I don't have that, that I can tell people, what do you do? Oh, I'm a this. And then feel like that's part of my identity. I don't know who I am. And so that was the beginning of starting to ask bigger questions of like, wait a second, when things start getting taken away, who am I? And when I start making decisions from a different place, who am I? Am I still the same person? And so to shorten the story, it was an evolutionary process of starting to ask questions and then being brave enough to answer them. It still took a few years, but by the time I had arrived at this moment of truth, in my kitchen where I had this experience of like a separation of self. I had this, this visual of like, we had just moved into this home that we had spent the year before building. Everything was perfect. I had all the things I wanted. The grout was amazing. Like everything was perfect. Like the smallest. And yet you wanted to drive in front of a train. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, then I was like, I don't feel good in myself, but this house is perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really just my soul waking me up. I was putting away groceries and a, like an audible voice erupted from deep within and was like, not for another minute. And I was like, oh shit, something is happening. And I don't know what it is, but something's happening. And I could sense those two parts. There's this part that's saying not for another minute. And this other part being like, not what for another minute. So I'm having this conversation between my soul and my ego self. And as I'm looking around this beautiful home, I'm like, how did I even get here? Like, I don't feel like I'm in here. I don't feel like this is actually my life. Like I can't do this for another minute. I can't 
pretend that everything's okay. I can't be the good wife, the good Christian, the good church girl, the good things that everybody has this expectation of me being. And in that moment, I knew if I stepped through this threshold, my life was going to change completely. And I knew that I didn't really have any other choice. I was like, I can't imagine going another minute with this sense. So I have to start telling the truth. And that was the first moment my husband at the time came up into the kitchen to start helping me put away groceries. And he kind of looked at me like, what the heck is happening in here? And it was the first time that he was like, are you okay? And I said, no, I don't know what it is, but I think I need to see a therapist. And that was like the biggest exhale from my soul. It was no longer me trying to be perfect, me trying to hold it all together, me pretending that everything's fine. It was actually telling the truth. And that little seed of truth started to become these breadcrumbs that I started to follow. And every moment after it was like, what's the truest thing? What's the truest thing? What's the truest thing? And that's how I rebuilt that connection with my soul. Oh my gosh. It is like, not only does that remind me so much of my situation with my first husband with like, I had it all. I had a condo on the ocean, like literally every day I could wake up and like do, you know, sun salutation to like China. Like I could, like, it was just like a debt, you know, straight Epic everything. Like we just had the bridal shower and all the stuff came and it was like, you know, couldn't want for anything, had a great job. And I was so miserable. Like, I was just like, I don't even know what's going on. And it took for me, it took a flood. Literally, I was on the third floor of a condo building and we had wind driven rain and FEMA wouldn't do anything because it wasn't flooding. It was wind driven rain. So they're like, this doesn't get covered. I'm like, of course it doesn't. Why would it? Like, why would you cover this under the policy? And my whole condo got destroyed. And I had to get rid of my cats. I had to go get an apartment, even though I had a mortgage and my marriage imploded and all those. So like when source, God, universe, higher power wants to get a message to you, it's going to happen. And if you don't listen, like your third floor apartment on the ocean yeah. flood, no, it just gets or progressively you're louder. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, what, what do I need to say to you? Like you're off track. And I think it's really interesting because you know, you and I, we, we go so deep, right? Like, like I'm like all Scorpio and like, you're the three, five. And so like, we, we can really have these deeper conversations. And it's interesting when you were talking about the higher self and the ego self, there's this understanding. There's a part of us that knows better. There's a mm -hmm. part of us that's here for the lesson here for the journey here for the development, the evolution, you know, like you always say, you know, truth is my identity, right? Like for the truth, there's a part of us that's there for that. And then there's this like piddly little human that's like, I don't understand. How come I can't have this life that I want? Like, and, and that, that, you know, for lack of a better word, that, that budding of heads, we don't understand sometimes. And then in hindsight, you go back and you're like, well, thank God. Thank God. I remember when, you know, I broke up with my first husband, I remember like, I couldn't eat. I was like a size zero. I was like, all I wanted was him back. And mm. God love you, Brian, if you're out there listening, the thought of being with him ever, like I never would have had what I have, but you don't understand that at the time. And I'm not really saying that for your benefit as much as for the audience. Like when you feel like when the stuff hits the fan, 
sometimes, yeah, it's bad luck. Sometimes it's, it's whatever, but sometimes it's your inner architect. That's like, wait a minute, this is not going the right way. We've got to put a roadblock here so that she gets on back on the path, back on the trajectory of what she wanted her soul to do here. We can't let her down, right? Like she doesn't have the benefit of being able to see through the veil. We can't let her down. We've got to do something drastic. And in your case, it was like crippling you. In my (laughs) case, it was pouring water on everything that I loved, right? And so- it's, it's just so interesting to me how, how those parallels, like, yes, like, of course. And you look back now and you're like, well, thank God, thank God that happened. But at the time it was like, why does God hate me? Why is this yeah. happening to me? Yeah. Why? When what you're in do? it, it doesn't feel like this magical experience that you're conspiring with like God, the universe and source to like really create what your soul came here to experience. But the flip side of that too, is that none of these things are really personal in that way. And so when I think back to the job that I had, the person that I married, the friends that I had, the way, even the way I was, there's no shame in it. And I'm not beating myself up for those experiences because it was aligned to a version of me that I had created, but it wasn't aligned to the truth of my identity. And so none of those things, none of those people, none of those experiences were inherently bad or wrong. They were simply giving me an experience of myself in a different version of being. And so I don't know how deep, how do we can get, like we could go deep. I know you and I up together can, but to keep it more sort of broad in general, My belief is that that's the whole point. We've had this conversation before. A lot that we learn or that we speak to in Kundalini is about allowing that potential creative energy within us, that divine um, essence, God, if you will. And in yogic tradition, we call it the the, um, generating, the organizing, and the delivering power of the universe, which is God. And it's to have that experience through us to to move that energy through us so that we become conscious in our creation of our reality we become creators through our highest identity which is truth or that satnam that i'm always talking about and for us to have that experience there is a measure of polarity that is existent on this planet we came here in this incarnation in a limited physical form to have the experience of that divinity butting up against limitation. And so it's like, how do you know how high something can be if you don't know that there's a lower version of it? How do you know how cold something is unless you know how hot something can be? And so as a three, five, I get to experiment on those extremes and like, but there's this comparison that we move through. And it's not to say you have to have your apartment flooded and all the things that you love be destroyed or become crippled with disability to experience your divinity. Not everybody has that in their life, in their chart, in their soul's mission, but some of us have signed up for the the meal deal to have that full experience so that we can find neutrality in that, in that, um, in those polar opposites and recognize the divinity of truth. That is, we are here incarnated to have the experience, the expression, and the expansion of our souls. And so every experience that we have is actually serving us, is actually helping us to have that experience. And I always think back to this 
this one particular psilocybin journey um, where I came out of it with just this one quote was like going through my mind over and over again. And it's the question that Einstein posed is the like the most important question to answer is, is the universe friendly or not? And by answering that question, you're going to dictate how your life goes. If the universe is for you, if the universe is friendly and you operate your life thinking that everything is working out for me, even though it looks like a shit storm or a shit sandwich that's in front of me, there's something in here that is serving me. There's something in here that is expanding my capacity, my compassion, my grace, my ability to see, observe, be empathic. If you operate from that place, then all of these things that are happening doesn't mean they're not hard to go through. It doesn't mean it's not painful to experience, but it means that there's something beyond that is able to move you through it. There's a bigger reason for all of it. And then you see your life unfolding in this epic way where you're contributing, you're experiencing, you're expanding, you're growing constantly. If the universe is against you, then every like you cannot win. Like just give up now. Just like stay in bed. Don't do anything. But it it puts the responsibility on us when we decide in that moment if the universe is for us. Then it's like then I show up to it and I show up to my life with the capacity and the knowing that it is serving me. And so, what do I have to do to build my resources internally to be able to show up continuously? If it's against you, I don't know what to tell you. I'm just like a naturally optimistic person. Um, that's all in my chart too, but I don't know what to tell you. If the universe is against you, if like God is not on your side, then then what is the point? I don't know. That's something well, that funny. I just- Funny you should say that because <laughs> I, as a Scorpio, my karma is to overcome this idea that the universe is against me, right? So I have a, you don't know this about me. You're going to learn this right now. I have a Scorpio Mercury. Mm -hmm. I have a Scorpio Venus. I have a Scorpio Jupiter. And I have a Scorpio moon. All of those, okay? So the Scorpio Mercury is all about, we're all going to die. Everything sucks. Everybody hates me. This is terrible. And so my karma in this life being, you know, choosing to be a Scorpio is to get to that place of the universe is friendly because the conditioning and the, and the, you know, the existential belief is that everyone's out to get me. Yeah. Eventually I'm going to have something horrible happen. People aren't good. And so it's interesting that you bring that up because that is essentially the life question that I am here to transmute is mm-hmm. to prove that there are people who are good, that there are people who are supportive, that they're not so much in their own way, but in their interaction with me, right? Like in 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 a supportive role. Obviously, mm-hmm. in it when I look at it from a um from a, a service role, it's like, oh yes, everyone's lovely and they're all great. And anyone who I'm supporting, they're wonderful. But when it comes to people supporting me, I have this very real, mm, I don't know, you know, so it's just you always do that. You always like bring up like the thing and you just did. Um, so what, okay. So I, I kind of know this story a little bit, but I want the audience to hear it. And I, there's pieces that are, are missing for me. When you decided to venture into Kundalini, that's not something that usually people go, you know what? I left a very religious life. I think I'm going to go do something like 
yoga and chanting. Like that doesn't seem like something like a natural trajectory. So like, how the heck did you land there? Well, it was yoga. It certainly was not Kundalini yoga that I first started with, but yoga was something that was frowned upon in that religion because it was higher lineage. And, but it's something that I dabbled in when I had started my college degree, because I was like, I need a way to like open up my body from being so hunched over. So I had taken a few classes while I was still going to church, while I was in college, felt like the guilt of God and the shame of like people who found out about it and stopped doing it. But when I left the church, it was something that was like constantly calling me. So I went back and I did um, a teacher training in Ashtanga yoga and a teacher training in Hatha yoga. And it really allowed me to experience this deeper part of myself to open up my body to feel like, oh my God, we store a lot of issues in our tissues. Like having all of these experiences of my, that's not my quote. It's, I don't know who said it, but it's something that always sticks in my mind. But I started to feel myself in a different way. I started to see how our bodies hold energy. And I learned a lot about energy and metaphysics through that um, first practice, those first teacher trainings. And I thought I was like quite evolved and enlightened because I was now doing yoga every day and teaching. And I felt really connected to this spiritual versus this religious side of me that felt true and authentic. And I had heard about Kundalini yoga and I was literally like, that is the absolute last thing that I will ever do in my life because it looks like a cult. I feel like I just came from one. I don't know what they do with all the chanting in the white and it seems weird. No, thank you. And for quite a while, I was really resistant to it Um, until one day at this big yoga festival that was happening in the city that I was in. There was, um, they get you with the gong. This is how they get you. There was, uh, one of the sessions was a gong bath and Kundalini yoga. And I was like, okay, I'm not excited about the Kundalini yoga part, but what is this gong bath? Like there was something about it that my soul was like, do it. And I was like, no, I don't want to do Kundalini yoga. It's weird. But I really wanted to know about the gong. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'll just go, whatever. And in the first few minutes, like we did some warm ups, whatever. We did like the opening chant. And I was like, oh God, what am I doing here? And in the first few minutes of the Kriya that we were doing, we had our arms stretched out like this. And our eyes were closed and there was some mantra playing. We might have been reciting something. I can't really remember. But we were sitting in this position for a while. And it kept getting longer. And the more that I sat with my hand, my arms stretched out like, like this. hurting my arms just to see the your more, arms. <laughs> the like, more all of this stuff started coming up and it was the most potent toxic rage I had ever experienced in my life. And I was just like, Oh my God, what is even happening? Like I was spewing vile, like vitriol at the teacher in my mind everybody around me, I was just like, I was in this space of like, I never experienced anything like that in my system. And I was like, where is this coming from? And how long has it been in here? And what is even happening? So we moved through the rest of the Kriya. I start to lighten some of that rage. And by the end, I'm just like, at this place of like, peace and surrender, but also like, I don't know what that was. And sort of like this wild sense of like, I was just on, I went on a journey. Like that was a trip. I have no idea what that was. We just did a few weird postures that didn't really seem like yoga to me. And now we're lying down and then the gong started and that was a whole experience in itself. And 
at the end, I was like, I, I need, I need to know what, what is happening. I need to know what this is because this is incredible. I felt like a completely different person. I feel, I felt like I had shed lifetimes in just the 90 minute session. So I went up to the teacher after, and I was like, um, what the heck? <laughs> and she's like, oh yeah. This is this your first time doing Kundalini yoga? And I was like, uh, yeah, like what happened? And she's like, oh, it's, well, it's a powerful practice that just allows energy to move in different ways. And we actually have a teacher training coming up in a couple months. And I was like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. The girl who was like, I will never, ever do Kundalini yoga signed up for a teacher training. I started immediately after. And it was nine months that transformed my life. Like I thought I had done some personal development work. I thought I had done a lot of like therapy and yoga and stuff before, but in 2016 slash 2017, when I took my Kundalini teacher training, it was completely a life-changing experience for me. Um, and it set me on a completely different trajectory. I had all of this energy, this creative power, this magnetism that was available to me that I had never experienced before. And I had a way to harness it, to tap into it, to cultivate it and to expand it. And that was how I got into it, but I didn't stay connected to it. <laughs> I sort of lost the train. Um, I... I had all this magic happening. I knew exactly what I needed to do for the next steps in my career. Things kind of progressed from there. I wrote a book that opened so many doors. All of a sudden, I'm this big, I'm in like this new big arena and I'm just this like little fishy. And I'm like, oh shit, I'm an author now. And I'm apparently like, now I'm a coach because I developed this program that I'm teaching that I that my book refers to. And this is what I do now. And rather than continue with those practices that were so powerful that got me that created the energy that got me to feeling so good I thought I'm feeling so good I don't need to do them anymore here we go well, my life's just started filling up with all of these other things and slowly that sort of magic that deep connection to my soul that is really truly all of our magic started to dissipate and then I started to wonder like, oh, I wonder if I'm doing something wrong. Let me see what they're doing. Maybe they know the answer. And then I started to do that same thing we do where we look outside for the answers. Um, so that was like the journey from like the experience, the, the divinity within and then the forgetting. And then now in the last nine months, it has been coming back to these practices. And oh my God, it's just this feeling of like, this was available to me the whole time. And I got so distracted by all of this other stuff and thought that I needed to spend a hundred thousand dollars on other people's programs and coaches and all of this stuff so that they could tell me what, what I already like? knew. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's, it's a wild journey. And this is that whole idea of like polarity. We, we experience our divinity through our limitation. We, we come into the world, the most powerful, potent things that we can possibly be like here to absorb everything. And then we forget it as we get older. And we spend and then our we lives talking ourselves out of it. Totally. And it's this constant circle of like, remembering, forgetting, remembering, forgetting, remembering, forgetting. But if we can stay in the devotion to remembering on a daily basis with like simple practices, then we don't get so far off course. We have this anchor to keep coming back to, and we have the ability to resource from within 
simply by sitting with ourselves in a practice that allows us to experience the totality of ourselves. Which I'm experiencing firsthand because I, like I yeah. said, full disclosure, I am one of your students. I'm going through, it's day four. And um, <laughs> I definitely, um, for you guys out there, I definitely struggle, right? Like I, and I think that's normal. Like yes. it's not easy to sit in the same spot for 18 minutes um, your brain literally comes up with reasons that you've got to not do this. You don't actually yeah. have to have anything you've got to go do, but it assures you that there's a better way to spend your time. And it wasn't until I think it was day two where I was just like, listen, let me just say something to you, brain. We're not not doing this. Like we paid for this. We invested in this. We're doing this. So you can kick and scream all you want. I'm going to ignore you. And it was like, fine, but I'm not going to like it. And so, so it's definitely starting, you know, it's definitely starting to become easier. Um, mm -hmm. Do I look forward to it yet? I don't know, but I don't think that's what it's about. It's not about, I will say that it has created already in just day four, immense amounts of focus, which is something. Mm -hmm. So this is interesting. And I, you guys will really get a kick out of this. I personally am a walking dichotomy. I am I have a deep desire to be organized and I am a hot ass mess. Hence why it's all blurry back here because my bedroom looks like, you know, someone threw up in it. But what I've discovered recently, especially digging into my Scorpiosity, for lack of a better word, I is that, that everything about me is meant to be deep. Like I've got to go deep. I can't have superficial conversations. When we get on this podcast, yes, I ask some questions about people and kind of like, you know, what their upbringing was or whatever, but eventually we get into the meat, right? But what's interesting is as a woman who has diagnosed ADHD, it's very hard for me to focus enough to go deep. So I've got this plate tectonics of back and forth between I won't be satisfied until it's deep. And yet that's the hardest thing for me. And so working with Leah, just to give like a little minimonial here, um, has really kind of, cause well, let me, let me back up by saying that the way that I found Leah is that she had a 40 day devotional, um, which was just one meditation. My husband and I did it together. We loved it. And then she kind of like disappeared for, I was like, what's she going to do? What's she going to sell? What's she going to, what's going to be the offer? Then there wasn't one. And I was like, huh? And then, and then she came back with another one that was called the 10 bodies, which you guys, if she sell, I think she sold it. I don't know if she still is. I'm putting her on yes, the spot. I promoted it very much. <laughs> okay. If you guys have an opportunity to get her 10 bodies meditations, it's 10 different meditations for the different spirit bodies. It is mind blowing. I begged her to give me access to it because I was a private client and she loves me. And so she did. Um, it is some of the most revelation, revel, revelationary. Wow. We're really big on words today, Amelie. <laughs> revelationary energy that you will have. Like it is phenomenal. And I know she was offering it at a pretty um, no brainer price before, and she probably will again. Um, so definitely check that out. But after that, she did have an offer. And I, I think, was I the first one to jump on it? Was I like, there was somebody before you that was like, that had inquired. And I was like, I'm literally just about to offer this. And I was like, thank you, God. Cause I was like, if this is where I'm meant to go open the doors. Yeah. And it was, she messaged me and I was like, I, 
this okay and then you were literally the second as soon as I announced it publicly you were like yeah, yeah that's what I mean like it, it as yeah. soon as I knew it existed it was a yes for me like it was it was a sacral yes to the nth degree and why did I bring all that up because the thing was that when when I started to you know decide to do this work the focus was really what I what I found when I did the 40 day the for the focus was really there for me. It was a whole new level of like my eyes are open. I'm I'm categorizing what I want to do next. And it was allowing me to access depth in a whole new way. So thank you for that, Leah. Oh my because gosh. my honor and pleasure. Yeah. It's been absolutely amazing. And I'm so delighted that I still have 36 more days and then I'm gonna figure out how I can stay forever. Um so speaking of which, mm -hmm. how I know that you, that one doesn't open again for 40 days. You guys are 36 mm -hmm. days. Um, can, is there some, like, if people are just like Leah, like I'm a zombie for you, like, how do they work with you? Where do they get into your world? Tell us all the things. There are some really exciting things actually happening right now. So <clears throat> I have been going through a bit of a rebrand in my own, like, career path. So this has really been about bringing in way more human design and Kundalini into my work and into my world and into my practices. So my website should be done. I just got an update from my designer yesterday saying it'll be done by the end of the week, but I have some really awesome offerings that are coming through. And what I've sort of felt called to do is to make them really accessible. So 40 days of devotion was like a free offering. The 10 bodies was free for a limited time. And now it's like packaged as something that you can purchase. Um, it's also like a really good, <laughs> Thanks, babe. it's I also um, a really accessible price, but there's a new offering that is coming out in the next couple of weeks <clears throat> or so that I'm super excited about. I'm not, I'm not ready to spill the beans on it yet, but you'll know it when you see it. Um, and then soul RX, which is the program that you're in, in right now, that's going to be opening up some spots. I think probably August. Um, that brings us to 40 days. Yeah. I think the, the last one sort of finished at the end of July. Um, so there's a lot of ways to kind of stay connected right now, but there's also going to be a really exciting big project that I'm working on, which is a community space that is going to offer monthly activations. It's going to offer guest experts coming in and it's really a foundational, um, community space based on the live free lifestyle, which to me is all about liberating yourself from the conditions and the, the limitations that we have been indoctrinated with through just our lives to really live free as our most authentic, potential, powerful selves. So there's going to be access to my programs in there. There's going to be community um, conversations. There's going to be Kundalini activations. There's going to be a lot of Kundalini in there. So it's going to be a membership that is going to be at a really accessible spot because my belief and my understanding of the times that we're living in right now is that people need these tools to be able to navigate life. Like it doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur, if you are an entrepreneur, this is going to up-level your game like nothing else, but people just living in the world need to expand their capacity to hold the polarity and the duality that we're experiencing. They need ways to come into a sense of anchored peace. They need to understand that they have absolute power of their lives and that they're the most powerful people in their lives. And through these experiential 
um, practices or through these like Kundalini activations and immersions that I'm offering, I'm wanting to have people have that experience of themselves and recognize that I'm not doing anything to you. I'm not telling you this is how you need to live your life. I'm showing you where you can access this for yourself. And you can take this one thing, even if it's Ganapati Kriya, which is the meditation we did in um, 40 Days of Devotion, you can do this one thing and have this one anchor point to come back to and it'll give you peace. It will give you focus. It will give you clarity. It will open your creative energy. It will allow you to experience the divinity that you are. So you can go out into the world and recognize that it's everywhere. You can answer that question that yes, the universe is in your favor when you start acting like it's in your favor. But if you're constantly at odds with life, then it creates so much friction, so much misalignment, and it doesn't allow you to see what you can possibly be and live the life that you're actually here to live. Absolutely. It's so true. I always say the universe is the great prover. It can only show you what you believe to be true. So the question becomes, what do you believe? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, a hundred percent. So when we recognize that we are the vibe that is attracting everything in our lives, we are the um this the source point of things. And it doesn't mean like you attract the bad things. It doesn't mean like no. you're the cause for all of that stuff, but the way you that are you, responsible for the you outcome. are responsible for the outcome. You're here to have experiences and you get to choose how you respond to them. When you get to choose from a place of empowerment, from a place of confidence, from a place of clarity, and from an understanding that you are infinitely capable, you have so much potential, you are literally God manifested into form, then you start to live your life in a different way and see how everything is in fact serving you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Totally. 100%. 111. I love that. <laughs> Boom. Like, of course. Thank you, universe. Oh my gosh, Leah. I seriously, we could talk all day and sometimes we do. So it's fine. Um, <laughs> but you guys seriously get into her world, start following her stuff. You know, she, she really is a force, but I want to just point out like you guys, Leah, you know, she's incredible. She's a reflection of you, right? So anything you see in her that's magic, know that you wouldn't be able to see it if it wasn't in you. And she's so good at reminding you of that. So definitely check her out, check out her stuff, stalk mm -hmm. her. Clearly there's something incredible coming out um, and set your alarm for when, you know, my time is over because she'll be opening up new spots. So I think we've got what, 36 days. Mm -hmm. um, and so make sure that you guys set your timer for that. Because like I said, she's definitely one to watch. I've gotten, I've had so much joy getting to know her and it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Oh, love. Thank you so much. Honestly, you are just magnificent. I appreciate you infinitely. And I just love that we're connected in this intimate space that we get to spend time together. And yeah, you're such a gift. So thank you for oh, having me so much. Same. My pleasure. So that'll do it, you guys, for another episode of the Magnetic Goddess podcast. Until next time, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be safe, and may you be at peace. Namaste. Mm, I love that. Hey, dream builder. Are you loving this stuff? Do you want more? 
more human design, law of attraction and manifestation, then my Designed to Dream membership is for you. You'll get the Dream Design Vault packed with pre-recorded content to help you design and manifest your dreams, a monthly group coaching call with me, and a monthly theme and meditations to support you on your journey. Membership is just $47 a month, and you can cancel anytime with no hassle. Join us and start designing your dreams now.